16 years traveling Aussie in a bus. A year and a half trip on a tuk-tuk traveling from Mexico all the way to Patagonia and spending the last six months sailing around in a yacht in the Indonesian ocean. It's time to meet the couple who live and breathe adventure. We'll be talking about catching your dinner, trading with locals and sleeping wherever the wind takes you. Let's meet the Drifting Pixels. And as always, we'd like to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dry Flush Toilets. If you haven't seen these amazing off-grid toilets, you really need to check them out. They're the cleanest, easiest, smell-free toilet that you've ever seen, and they recently won the best new camping technology in Australia. No more dumping chemicals or maintaining a composting toilet. Go to www.dryflush.com.au to see how they work. Let's get traveling. Welcome to the Off-Grid Traveler podcast where we meet the people who go off-grid and into a life of adventure, challenge, and grand new horizons. Whether on land or on sea, you'll meet some fascinating characters who've chosen the road less traveled and discover their best tips, worst moments, favorite destinations, and a whole lot more. Um, if you guys ever get a chance, Drifting Pixels, their Instagram is literally eye candy. It makes your eyes just go, why are they doing this and why am I not doing this right now? Uh, and just just as a very brief, um, you guys did 16 years in your bus initially. I believe that was you, Luke. And then a year and a half uh, on a tuk-tuk going through Mexico. And now you've done six months in a uh, in your in your Compass 28, which is your your sailing yacht. What is going on? This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. We just like to adventure, I guess, and yeah, just live our life as as beautifully and as as well as we can. I guess that's yeah. just what we do. Yeah, yeah. We what? lived. I lived in a. So my bus, I bought nearly nearly seventeen years ago now, and um, yeah, just I always just love to travel. You know, when I first went to New Zealand in ninety nine, I think it was. I remember seeing a couple of house buses over there and I remember just thinking, I was living in a little car. I just bought a car over there and just lived in that and travelled around New Zealand on that. And I just always wanted to live in a bus. So, yeah, eventually I did. Yeah, 17, 17 years later, yeah, I'm in a yacht. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one of the one of the quotes you put on there as well is that you're, when you were when you were bouncing around in the bus, you were like, "This is this is the life, right?" And then yeah. you jumped into uh, the the tuk tuk, and you were like, "No, this is the life." And then I love the the last thing. It's like we're on a boat right now. This is the cake. Like this is <laughs> we're eating the cake, and we've got the cherry right now. And I just think that's beautiful. That what 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 do you think has been that the 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 feeling that you get every time that you jump to the next kind of level? I guess. Yeah. It's just um. I don't know what do you think? It's just exciting. It's just adventure. It's something new, something different, you know. Yeah. Um, and less people. Yeah, no people. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. <laughs> we surf and that, so we always want to try and find places where there's no the surf. Like surfing, such a beautiful thing, and I can understand why so many people are surfing these days. But it's nice and even more beautiful if you can find places where there's no one. You know, no one in the water, and that's why that's what we do. We just love to just travel around, look for waves, and not just surf, but just adventure and just live. I don't know. I guess some people call it an alternative sort of lifestyle, but it's just the life that we love. It's not hard. It's not anything. It's just an easy lifestyle that we adapt to quite easily, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm like, I'm looking at the visual as well. And it's just like, just so anyone who's, uh, who is listening to this, if you, if you go and watch the, the YouTube version, they are literally, look. it's like, you know, when you see one of those pictures of two people, just like, you know, we live the life. It is, they're on their <laughs> boat right now. They've got the sun beams fl- flying through on the side of it. And, and literally you just said that you've just gone for a swim. There's people surfing literally outside and it's like, God, it's tough life. But obviously you there's the the opposite side of that is that because you live on a boat there's so many things that you have to keep focus on to to make sure that you can live there and you've got to maintain things and so that's yeah. always a question that people go oh it's the life and all that. I go well no actually even though it is a life there's many things you have to focus on what what would you say are the biggest um downs of of living on a boat potentially you know like maintenance wise and stuff like that um, you reckon for me? Let me answer that one. <laughs> I think for me, the less focus than living the land the because focus. less focus what because you you're doing everything, not doing everything. Oh, yeah. I'm just uh, chill, watching view and sleeping, and that's such a good life. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing, I guess, is. It's it's not so hard, but it's like when you're living on a on a on a small yacht like ours, weather is a pretty important thing. So you're always just, you know, constantly checking the weather and seeing what if there's systems coming or what the wind's doing, what the tides are doing, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And trying to always find because living on a little boat like this, at the moment I don't know if you can tell, but it's we're rolling quite a fair bit at the moment. Can't yeah. tell. It's literally oh, just straight, yeah. Because I think, yeah. I think, I think the lap, I think your phone's going like this with it, so you're literally just. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should start doing this a bit. Just Ooh, a of... I'm going to start getting seasick in a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. You know, Fumi does get seasick. Mm. She gets quite. We our our trip from Australia um, to Indonesia was seven days and seven nights. Wow. And it was a pretty, we've never sailed before. We just bought this thing, you know, a year ago and we just thought we'd have a crack at it. Mm. And Fumi has never been on a yacht before. I've only been on um, a yacht two times before I bought this. So we're just sort of making it up as we go along. So it's pretty, for Fumi, I'm so stoked to have Fumi because she's so brave and she's, you know, she gets so sick, but she still just hangs in there and, and does it. She was sick for seven days, man, the whole wow. seven days from Australia to here. She was pretty yeah. sick yeah. Yeah. how did you deal with that oh, oh. oh we lost you oh we're back again. how did you deal with it? yeah hmm? how did you deal with it music no no nothing cannot do anything just <laughs> <laughs> just to wait i don't know how many days passing actually i just <laughs> oh my gosh I just, uh, waiting to when finish or when stop the bottle. <laughs> she just had headphones on the whole time, pretty much. And yeah. the back of her head just turned into one massive dreadlock at one stage. <laughs> it was pretty wild because she just lay down the whole time. She was, yeah, not the whole time, but for the four, for four days of it. Yeah. She was pretty much just glued to where we're sitting right now and asleep. So the back of her head turned into a big bird's nest, big dreadlock. Well, remember being out there. Once, yeah, I remember being, when that happened, a day afterwards, I was like, Femi, we've got to get those, that bird nest out of the back of your head because it was just one big dreadlock. <laughs> so we ran out into the cockpit. Our cockpit is so tiny. And while we're sailing along, Femi was down on the ground and I was combing the dreadlocks oh, out of her head. But at the same time as we did that, these beautiful whales, we've never seen them before, but they were like cross between a whale and a dolphin 
What was the name of them? Uh, I can't remember what the name of the similar the beluga whales. Sorry, beluga whale is it? The, the like, yeah, the small... they're like a yeah, they are. Yeah, maybe a beluga whale. Yeah. yeah, but the whole time I was there it was a little bit of a romantic moment. I'm coming the um, dreadlocks out of Sumi's hair, and we're watching all these beluga whales jumping all over the boat. Oh, it was in, it yeah. was beautiful, wasn't it? It was incredible. Beautiful, but I cannot feel anything because I'm so sick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's beautiful, but <laughs> later, <laughs> video for me later. I'll, I'll watch it later. <laughs> uh, that's okay. amazing. Well, so uh, that's incredible. The fact that you just started. You not you've you've been on a boat a little bit before, but you just started sailing. So, like, has has that been a has that been a learning curve or what? What's been? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been a major learning curve. I guess I always wanted to. I know because I've. Been in the water, I love the ocean, I love surfing, and I've always wanted to buy a yacht. Mm. And um, when we, when I did buy it, I had no idea. And the guy that I bought it off, Nigel, if you're listening, Nigel's a legend. <laughs> Nigel's the guy that I bought this boat off. And um, I bought it in Harvey Bay, and he gave me a four hour lesson, um, four, four or five hour lesson. We sailed from Harvey Bay over to Fraser, and then back. And then the next day, he left and then just left it all up to me. I had no idea what I was doing, really. And then Bought, uh, had a friend came up and he was with me and um yeah we sort of oh man i could talk about so much epic stuff that's happened but yeah basically it has been a, a, a big learning curve but not too stressful i don't know some people freak out and worry about all that sort of stuff i guess because i've been in the ocean and stuff that sort of helped me a bit to read yeah. you know i can read the water read the wind all that sort of stuff so i think i picked it up pretty quick and then by the time Fumi got over two weeks into it, I sort of worked out by then how to put the mainsail up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I spoke, uh, we, we had a, we had a couple of people on uh, who were sailing across on a catamaran and they said that they met yeah. people who'd literally just bought a yacht as well. And that they uh, were doing small trips just like on the coast and stuff, just figuring out yeah. what works, how it doesn't work. And they said that, you know, it, it, there is that learning curve, but once no, nothing's going to change after a certain period of time, you just know the process of making sure that that goes up, that goes down. Um, you yeah. Know, yeah. Don't, don't go into dangerous waters. Uh, keep, keep uh, track of where yeah. you are uh, and just doing that little bit of forward planning, I'm guessing uh, to make sure yeah. you're not going into uh, territories which could have those uh, wonderful pirates wa wa uh, wandering around, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's all, oh, just like knowing your limits, you know. Like I knew what when we first bought it, I was like, oh, I'm not going to go out there if it's blowing 20 knots, sort of thing, you know. I'll just go out there when it's nice and calm and get used to it. And and then over time, you, you just your confidence builds up more and more, and your skills build up more and more. And then, yeah, next thing you know, you're in Indonesia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a great, it's been an epic learning curve. And the freedom is just, yeah, it's yeah. next level, man. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. Well, what's, um, mm. what's the, so what's the, because obviously um, my my view is and my assumption is that you're on a let's go with the flow mindset of, you know, where wherever we go is where we go. But what's, do you have kind of a destination in mind at the moment or where you'd want to go or what's what's the what's the plan? Uh, we did, when I bought this yacht, so we just did our trip from Mexico down to Patagonia and it was about mm. a year and a half and then COVID kicked in and Fumi had to go back to Japan 
it was a pretty heavy time actually. And yeah. the tuk tuk, we thought that's another story. But we thought that we weren't sure when COVID kicked in, we were ever going to see each other yeah. again. Oh. And then when I came back to Australia, I was just like, "This is my chance, maybe to buy a yacht and sail to Japan and get Fumi." That's what. That's my whole thing. That's Rock what I was like. Yeah, and I was just determined to get a yacht and sail to Japan and meet me Fumi. You know, that's that was my whole idea to do. But you know, within ten months, I got back to Australia, went to work, went to Western Australia, collected a whole heap of freedom tokens, and came back and bought this boat. Sight unseen. I just saw it on the net, and I, you know, gave the guy some money, and I said, "Can you hold it for a couple of months? You can keep living on it, sailing on it, and I'll be there in a couple of months, and then I'll take it off you then." And that's pretty much what I did. And then in that process, in that time of me working and buying this yacht, we actually got Fumi's visa. Mm-hmm. Um, we applied for Fumi's visa to come to Australia. So, and and miraculously, it was yeah. done within. Yeah. 10 months or so, I think. Mm. Yeah. So Fumi was in Australia and she was on the boat, so we don't have to sail to Japan. But <laughs> I guess the question you asked where we want to go to, I'd love to sail to Japan. I still haven't met Fumi's family and friends and all that sort of stuff. And so I think it'd be really cool to <laughs> to sail into the port there and, you know, yeah, catch up with everyone. And, what, yeah. Whereabouts in Japan are you from, Fumi? Osaka. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been there before. It's uh, it's it's uh, crazy. But my recommendation would probably be go to Okinawa, right? Or do you uh, think? Yeah, yeah. Make oh, your family right. go yeah. there because that's that's just yeah. sun, 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 sun. <laughs> you know, that's a beautiful yeah, that's place. Idea. I'll call your mum and dad and tell them to come to Okinawa. We'll meet them in Okinawa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then sailing too. And then we can keep going around the world, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Take them with you around the world, right? That would be, that'd be, that'd be fun. Um, so how, how, do, do you mind me asking, um, like, in the ballpark figure of uh, how much you uh, paid for the, the, uh, the is it the Compass 28? So, yeah, the Compass, was it 24 or 22? I think it was 24,000. Of course. Yeah. Have to check with Nigel. Nigel's probably going to watch this. <laughs> I think it was twenty four thousand, and it was pretty much ready to go. It was such a beautiful boat. Everything was good to go. But we end up before we left Australia and came here, we spent quite a fair bit of money on it, knowing that we're going to live in it. And yeah. the engine that was in it, I had it. was the original engine, and I had no idea. Like you'd open up the the timber box thing, whatever. I can't remember. What, no, 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 what it's called. But you lift it up and you look at the engine. It was just oily and black and old and i didn't know understand anything about it i had no idea you know and i thought if something goes wrong with it i'm not going to know how to fix it so before we left australia um fumi and i we both ripped out the old engine and we put a brand new engine ourselves we didn't know what we were doing (laughs) but we did it (laughs) and it's working uh, yeah yeah man yeah incredible yeah Yeah. you know everything now so yeah This episode of Off Grid Traveller is proudly sponsored by Dry Flush Toilets Australia, home of the world-famous Lavio Dry Flush Toilet. This patented electric toilet has no chemicals, is not a composting system, and can be set up literally anywhere in under 60 seconds. It looks and feels like an at-home toilet to use, but it can be used anywhere with no external power or water, and it still flushes. There's also no cartridge to clean or empty, and it's perfect for camping, caravans, converted vans, boats, tiny homes, or anything off-grid. Go to www.dryflush.com.au and use coupon code off grid to get a 10% discount on your toilet order today.
<laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> Gosh, mate. <laughs> so you're all good. You're all good. That was. Uh, I I just love the fact that you, it, it literally vanished off the face of the earth at one point. Like that's brilliant. <laughs> We're in a total little tiny little village. They got these little towers and all these little um, villages all the way around here through Indonesia. Yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes I don't know what happens during the day. It's like they turn it off. Especially when you're in the <laughs> doing stuff like this. Yeah, but I, do you know, I, I, if if you want anything more authentic than people on the road, then welcome to life with and without internet within seconds. And it's just really cool the fact that you're you're moored up at the moment, but you've got yeah, you've got your internet, you've got your connection. Like you, you. This is the cool thing that I always speak to people that are on the road. Um, is that even though you know you're you're off grid per se, you still mm. have all the amenities that you need. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We do. Yeah, it's pretty comfortable. We're pretty comfortable. Do you mean like as in living on the boat and we have everything that we need on the boat? Yeah, well, you've got that. But then also, you know, if you want to just chill out and you've got internet and you want to, you know, update your Instagram to show people uh, where yeah. you are and speak to your family yeah. once in a while. I just, I, I love the fact that we're in such a world at the moment where you're you're literally free to pretty much do whatever you want and go wherever you want, but you're still yeah. connected but, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Just the fact that you can, you know, on Christmas Day we could call. Or we we made sure we found reception of that. But we could call our family and friends and stuff. And you know, to be able, it's like you're, it's like you're still there, but you're not there. So yeah. being a sort of, whereas years ago traveling, we could never do it like this. So yeah, it's pretty cool in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. What What are your What are your um, essentials when you go when you go travel? Because I, I I saw that you have you got a. Um, uh, you've got a couple camera equipment that you take with you to to get some yep. of those incredible shots. What what kind of stuff do you love to make sure that you've always got in your backpack? Um, water. <laughs> We're choice. pretty basic. We've done some hikes. We've just yeah, I just don't really think too much about that sort of stuff. Always have my phone because iPhones these days are so good for you know taking photos and videos and all that sort of stuff. I've got some pretty good camera gear. I used to do a lot of uh, photography um, years ago, so I still love photography. I don't do it quite as much, but, yeah, I take a um, camera with me every now and then. If I'm going to a place where I know which is really cool, I'll take the drone, get some yeah. footage with the drone. But, um, yeah, in general, as long as we've got enough water and enough food, <laughs> depending on where we're going, we just do it like and that. Drone, yeah. Yeah, and drone, maybe. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's just, it's just, it's more kind of like when you want to get those awesome shots and like, cause I, I like photography myself, mate. And I just think sometimes mm. catching one of those moments is, uh, it, 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 we, we always think we'll remember these things forever, but then you see one yeah. of those photos you've taken. You're like, oh, I can't remember that. That was when yeah, that happened. Yeah. And, and it starts triggering all these different memories. And then do you remember that time where we woke up on the back of that, <laughs> um, vegetable truck and we were, you know, blind drunk, you know, uh, yeah. not saying that did happen to me, but it did. Um, <laughs> and it's just it, that that's what I love about travel and 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 so it, that goes into like another question I have like because obviously Luke your, yourself specifically you know you did that 16 years on the bus and everything beforehand mm. um mm. what what's the addiction of travel um freedom we're freedom fighters I guess oh, eh? freedom <laughs> <fight>. yeah. <laughs> just the freedom to not have we're not in the grind I haven't been in the grind I haven't had a full-time job for oh fuck I don't even know it's been so long 
you know, only she worked three or four months of the year and the rest of the time I'm just traveling. And it's, uh, to be able to live a life like that is pretty, that's the ultimate. For me. The Obviously, ultimate. if you didn't have to all, but I don't mind. I don't mind going to work for three months a year, two, three months a year, make enough money to, you know, live like this and live so cheap. Like now living in Indonesia, it's so cheap to live here. Like we're budgeting on between Fumi and I. At the moment, there's not a lot of wind around where we are, around the equator, so we're motoring a lot. But we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I think we're budgeting on $100 a week Yeah, yeah between us. Wow. That's that's with food, diesel, everything, but we don't – It's I don't think it's even 100 It's maybe 80 bucks or something mm. like that a week, is that, yeah. Wow. So, you're, so I'm guessing essential-wise, you've got your rice – uh, you've got some veggies and you've got some protein to to keep yourself uh, stacked up on on food wise. Um, are you? Do you sometimes? In- yeah. Sorry. Maybe you're just saying protein. Protein wise, you just fish. Yeah. We, we just everywhere. live off. Yeah, we live off fish, rice, bananas, papaya, coconuts, and I've always beans. got to have my chocolate. Yeah. Beans. Fumi loves beans. <laughs> Fumi grows around alfalfa sprouts or different sprouts and stuff. Right. But basically, that's our staple diet: eggs, onion. Because we <laughs> we cannot holding the like uh, many different vegetable or whatever because very small fridge and then mm. cannot keep long and then so we don't have much choice to holding the vegetable too. So yeah, yeah that's another. Yeah, we haven't got a whole, there's not a whole lot of room on the boat for everything. So for those things, you know, like like I said, there's little villages everywhere. So if you run out of papaya or bananas, you can just drop the anchor somewhere and go ashore and mm-hmm. rock out with the locals and get fruit off them and vegetables. That mostly most of the time actually, like yesterday we were just sitting here. It was raining, we were just chilling watching mm-hmm. a movie and you could hear, Hello, Mr. 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 That's what they call us all the time. And we're like, oh, we've got another boat. So I stuck my head out and they were there and they had all these coconuts for us. So they gave us six. I didn't, we didn't need them because we already had six on here. But <laughs> I was like, take the coconut. Just take give. the coconut. Yeah. I'll so, ask you how much. And they're like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, any. No, 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 no. And they just want to give us stuff. So <laughs> we've got too many. To just take yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, so cool. So yeah. do you, do you like do you have things that you trade when you're out there as well? Do you find that there's things that uh, the locals like to trade with specifically? Because um, I, I we had a gentleman called Mick uh, Becker who's on here, and he he did a catamaran around with his family around Indonesia mm. as well, and he said that mm. he keeps some smokes for them because they do love a smoke um and uh stuff within that kind of range water is always a good thing to trade. Uh, but have you mm. have you found there's been anything specific that they're like this is this is what I want. Fishing line? Yeah, fishing line. I bought a fair bit of extra tackle over yeah. for the fishermen. Fishing line and sinkers and hooks yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, most of the fishermen coming over. So mm. we, if they want to, we give the fish line. But they know, like, uh, if we give them how much you want to have or whatever you give, but they just like a seven meter or five yeah, meters. They take more. <laughs> and they're no, no, no. Take over a big, massive, big line of fishing line, saying, and you say, like, go for it, take what you want. But they'll only take like a meter, or you know, maybe not a meter, maybe five meters or yeah. 10 meters. And we're like, no, take more, take more. But it's amazing because they live so simple, they don't need to have. I think we like 
tend to as Westerners, we pretty excessive sort of people. We want a bit more than what we do need. But these guys, that's all yeah, they need. So they don't just take things honest, like that. Guys, yeah, yeah, very honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, but trading wise, we haven't really traded. We because our boat's so small, we didn't bring a whole lot of stuff over. Yeah, and we know smoke, and we know drink yeah. alcohol. So, yeah, so they're asking sometimes alcohol, but we don't have it. Yeah, so yeah. Always Maybe. fish around. Maybe you should get some uh, really high, like high level, uh, like petrol style alcohol, just just for the the locals, just in case they want some. Like, all right, you take one sip of this, you'll be sweet for the rest of the day, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, this remember is... in Sumlaka, we pulled in when we first arrived. We arrived in Sumlaka, and we met a really nice fellow there, and he took us around, and we had some of the um, coconut, coconut soapy, they call it, mm. over here, and it's. Man, it's that strong. You have one sip of it, your eyes are on fire and your ears are burning. And we should have got some of that. Yeah. We should have got some of that and just, you know, give some to the fishermen or whatever as they come. But yeah. Yeah. yeah um, trading wise, we haven't really yeah. traded a hell of a lot because we didn't bring a, a lot to trade with. But, you know, like Fumi might make up a meal and it'll mm. be something that they've never had. Yeah. So they'll come to the boat and then Fumi will go, oh, do you want to try this? And then they just love it, you know. <laughs> What's that guy? I remember he grabbed it and we were like, Fumi gave it to him to eat, but he didn't want to eat it. Now he wanted to take it home and show his family. And that's <laughs> pretty cool, eh? <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Fumi, so you you're doing the the Japanese cuisine, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of I cook Japanese yeah. food, and I love a Japanese cook. He's great. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. And then some Indonesian love Japanese food too. Yes. So mm. very popular Japanese food now. So they, if I cook Japanese food, and they they happy. So it's so easy. <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah. What 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 was the what do you think was the biggest difference between what you're doing now because uh, and and when you were traveling um in the tuk-tuk uh for a year and a half because that like obviously the the main difference is that you're you're on the road and and you're meeting probably a lot more people because you mentioned earlier you're seeing a lot less now but is yeah. there been any any other differences of it and would you do that again? Definitely. Tuk tuk, definitely. 100%. Run, next year, we're going to go back to Mexico, actually. And um, we, our tuk tuk is still in, um, Chile. in Chile. Yeah. It's still there with the family over there, sort of thing. So I think whenever we want, we can go back and, and jump in that. But um, okay, but what was the question you asked again? Sorry. Just re- really what? what the biggest difference between. Oh, the difference. Yeah. Oh. Uh, isolation. <laughs> Very isolated <laughs> on this tiny little boat and yeah. uncomfortable. At times, it can be very uncomfortable. You know, weather. Yeah. It's not only weather. Ocean swelling. Everything. It's just the boat moving. The boat doesn't stop moving all the time. So, you know, we're always looking at the weather and trying to get a comfortable anchorage. If we can get a comfortable anchorage, then, yeah, it's it's beautiful. But the, just being uncomfortable. Yeah. Not all the time. It's not You're not always uncomfortable. We're used no. to it now. But you have to think about those things to be mm. comfortable. Like, whereas in a tuk-tuk. We just easy to yeah. found everywhere. Yeah, a bit of bush, bush or, or someone or with someone's house garden or whatever we can yeah. escape and then yeah. escape from weather. So easy and then yeah. so many people helping to want to help us to the oh tonight stay here and camping here, no worries. Yeah. And, but your life is different. We yeah. have to decide ourselves and yeah. then we have to the ocean and weather is, mm. is totally different. Wow. 
That makes a, that makes a really big. It's a really big thing though, because you're you're adding a whole extra chunk of uh, well, responsibilities for yourself by being oh, on the water, and because yeah. of that, um, you know, even though you 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 have no plans to stop this, because you'll you'll probably be doing this for the rest of your life, including doing the mm. um the the tuk tuk around the world as well. Um, mm. it, it's just for anyone who's just starting out, right, and wanting mm. to go travel. Which one would you recommend first? Doing the 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 bus life, the tuk tuk, or the or, or jumping into the the deep end of of uh, yachting? Uh, it depends on the person, I guess. What the person's well, yeah, how adventurous they are, how uncomfortable they they can be, <laughs> or, you know, like because it's pretty uncomfortable, man. Like yeah. even the tuk tuk was uncomfortable at times, but we're pretty resilient. We're pretty tough. Yeah, we sleep wherever, and you know all that sort of stuff. But I think the easiest one. And I guess the van life thing is so massive now. That's yeah. probably the easiest way for people to get into. Just buy a little van or whatever and just kit it out. And then you've got – I've got goosebumps, man. you got the ultimate freedom straight away. I've yeah. got goosebumps. <laughs> I don't know. The freedom thing is just such a beautiful – and anyone everyone and anyone that you meet that has done anything adventurous sort of thing, it's something that's stuck in your brain and in your heart and you just love it forever. Yeah. And that's just – Maybe not forever, but, you know, circumstances change, families and jobs and all that sort of mm. stuff. But, yeah, I think the maybe a little van or something would probably be the easiest. Mm. Or the tuk-tuk or this. I don't know. It's, it's, all, um, it's, all, it's all up here, man. It just depends yeah. on how tough your head is, your brain is sort of thing. If how you can much deal you want to do it. And how much you want to do it and how cheap you can live too because, you know, it depends how much you want to work and how much money you want to spend. Like our boat's pretty basic, but tuk-tuk, was like just a tuk tuk, mate. It was so basic, <laughs> nothing in it, sort of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I saw <laughs> on your. T- I- Sorry, go on for me. I thought it's go back. Yeah, Femi <laughs> always wants to go back. To the- oh, I do I too. It. Yeah, yeah, I do too. That so, was- so that's that's that was- the middle road right there. So that's that's not the van. That's not the yacht. That's that's the we want to go in the tuk tuk where it's a little bit uncomfortable, but you have the ability to sleep in the top, which I saw was really cool. Or yeah. do you do you ever just you camp out and just got a tent and camp out on the side of the road as well? Yeah, yeah, that's what we did a lot of the time camping. You know, some places in the tuk tuk where we went to, like in in the cities through Ecuador and El Salvador, places like that. Some places were a little bit ropey, or you hit dangerous and sort of thing, and you don't know where to stay, sort of thing. So we'd stay at um some like little hostels and stuff like that, or get accommodation and do that sort of thing, you know. But most of the time, we would just, yeah, most of the time we just cruise along and then we just look for a bit of bush sort of thing and just pull in there and sleep and wake up and continue on or whatever. Yeah, yeah and yeah. everyone just, you know, you, everyone minds their own business as well, really, except for in those cities where you do have, it gets a little bit more ropey and you just, you're just being logical by staying in a hostel or something and uh, making some friends along mm. the along the road as well, right? That's that's what yeah. I've always noticed with those sort of things because, you know, I've been, I've been in Asia for just under a decade and, you know, you meet the best people in the world when you travel. I say this every single podcast and I'll keep saying it. it the best yeah. people in the world from travel, they will have better stories than you. They will have better <laughs> tips than you and they would have had a better life than you. And I don't mean that like minimal. They will be happier. That's it. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Do these two people look angry? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's when gets angry at me sometimes. And, you know, being in a little boat like this every now and then, we have these little things, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, 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 yeah, that's right. between that was... you two. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
But yeah, in general, I think it's like anything that people do. They they meet people that they got something in common too. They always think they're the best people. So I think, mm. but, you know, you're a traveler too. So when you're traveling, you meet people that travel. You've got a lot of things in common. And, mm. you know. and then for for our trip, maybe for someone, it's not the best trip. That's yeah, right. yeah, That's so, right. yeah. For us, the tuk tuk trip and this running and bus and then everything, very good. And then I love it too. But maybe some people don't like it. Yeah, Cannot shower like every day. And then <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. Some people are handling this. And so. Well, well the, yeah. the good thing you know the the problem is it's, it's us westerners that's uh after not having a shower start to stink pretty quickly <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my well, wife's korean american and uh she, she never smells so i <laughs> <laughs> don't know why that's a, yeah yeah so it's pretty um yeah i don't know i guess it depends on what you want to do, man. Yeah, that took the whole tuk-tuk trip that we did. That wasn't planned to be in a tuk-tuk. We were planning to do that on motorbikes. We were going to buy um, a motorbike each and just strap our surfboards to the side and mm. and ride. You know, we like I guess the end goal was for me and Femi didn't really care. She just goes along with everything. She's pretty cool like that sort of thing. Was to get to Patagonia. Yeah, we didn't know if we ever would or or do that, but yeah. We did, but we didn't do it on motorbikes. We did it in a tuk-tuk. So. Yeah, yeah. And just having that tuk-tuk, it gave you that ability to, you know, because you had that upper bit, you had more space, I'm guessing. So it, it was yeah. it was a benefit. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm having so many questions come to mind. It's like, why did you choose a <laughs> tuk-tuk? Like, uh, what, what was the reason for the tuk-tuk? We, um, when Femi and I met in Sri Lanka, um, how long ago was that now? 2014. Uh, yeah, 15, 14. 2014, I think we met over there. And I was actually with my partner at the time. And um, that's a funny story, actually. We were in Aragon Bay in Sri Lanka and we were walking down the street, me and my ex-partner. And I just said, Luke, Luke. And I looked around and I go, what the hell? And I turned around and there's my younger brother's best mate. Orlando, and he was sitting in this green tuk-tuk, and I walked over to him, I go, what's going on, mate? What are you doing here? He goes, mate, we just bought this tuk-tuk, and we're doing a lap around Sri Lanka. And I said, man, that is epic. I said, when you're finished, I'm buying it off you. So I did. I bought it off him when he finished, and then we did the same thing. We travelled around in a tuk-tuk, my partner and I, and then actually, Fumi, you came. Pick up together. Yeah, the day we went and picked up the tuk-tuk off Orlando, Fumi came with us. <laughs> so it was my, me, my partner, and Fumi, and we picked up the tuk-tuk, and we drove it back over to Oregon Bay. Yeah. Then I left. Then when we left from Sri Lanka, I gave the tuk tuk to Fumi. Yeah, I bought from him. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fumi had it for a, one years, about for, one years. Yeah. His tuk tuk, and then leaving Sri Lanka. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then she was coming to Australia, and I said, "When you come to Australia, give us a call. You know, I live in a bus, and I can show you around or whatever, and all that sort of stuff." And then she did. She came to Australia, and then. You know, one thing led to another. But the thing is, with the tuk-tuk, I guess when we were in Mexico, we flew we, we flew into Baja, California. To Port, Port Escondido. Yeah, but we went to Baja, yeah. California. And we tried to get a van there and we had no luck. And so we thought, let's, and there was the surf wasn't that good. And we were like, let's just fly to Mexico and we'll go to Port Escondido and then hopefully we'll find a motorbike then. Mm. So we flew from Baja, California over to Mex City. And then on the way from Mex City um, 
to a hotel that we organised, we saw a tuk-tuk on the side of the road. Yeah. And we had no idea there were tuk-tuks in Mexico. And I remember, I remember we were sitting we, there and I remember looking out the window and Fumi goes, there's a tuk-tuk. And I'm going, what the hell? And Fumi just goes, let's do it in a tuk-tuk. And, and I just looked at it and I went, yeah, that's mad. And I was like, holy shit, man, those things are pretty slow. And I just pictured myself going down the main highway through Chile on 50 kilometres an hour sort of thing and thought it would be a bit dangerous. So I was, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I sort of, I was a bit dubious about it sort of thing, you know, and I was like, yeah. oh, maybe we should do it on a motorbike. So it took us about. I, I'm just going to go. And he's just thinking too much. And then, oh, fuck, just buy it. And then you cannot <laughs> through the border. Just sell it and then do another prank. Yeah, that's what I was worried about, crossing borders, <laughs> crossing all the borders with in a tuk tuk. Two weeks thinking. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for motorbikes and all that sort of stuff. Then eventually, we just, um, we started making, yeah, yeah asking people, where is there tuk tuks in Mexico? Where are they? Sort of thing. And mm. We found out that they were in this little town. What was the town called again? Rio Grande. Rio Grande was the name of the town. The tuk tuk everywhere. And there were tuk tuks <laughs> everywhere. It was wicked. So we jumped on this bus and went to Rio Grande. And as we're going, it was so cool. I got goosebumps again. It was so cool. I remember going into, on the way to Rio Grande, and we saw our first tuk-tuk, and we were like, yes, there's tuk-tuks. And then as we got close to the town, there was just tuk-tuks everywhere. And then we got off this bus, and we just asked people where we could buy a tuk-tuk and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And eventually we found a dealer that, that was dealing, bring, was bringing tuk-tuks in from India. And um, our Spanish was pretty horrible at the time. We were using Google Translate. And... Um, yeah, we organised for him to bring one over from India for us. We bought a brand new one, and Mate. that's how we did it. Yeah. Mm. My my cheeks hurt because that <laughs> was amazing. Like, oh, yeah. seriously, guys! Like, you. So that wasn't uh, planned. The talk thing was not planned at all. It was yeah. just one of those things, you know. I was like, oh yeah, that's a good option. Let's let's mm. do that. Yeah. Mm. So on on that note, guys, um, we, we're going to come to the end of the podcast. And all I'm going to say is that I'm 100% getting you guys back on in six months time because I want to know exactly what you guys are next to. <laughs> and I want to know more of that story because, wow, I can't believe that you <laughs> you both used that tuk-tuk uh, and you decided to re-bring yourselves together with a tuk-tuk and travel Mexico. It's incredible. And like, I'm just... Oh, okay. There's a lot for my brain to take in with you two at the moment. So, <laughs> like, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, everyone who's who's watching and listening, go and follow these two drifting pixels, um, yeah. who are absolutely amazing couple. If you or someone you know would be an interesting guest on the show, we'd love to hear from you. We love speaking to everyday people who've taken to the open road or open seas for an extended period of time or anyone that's set up their life in an off-grid location. Please email guest at offgridtraveller.com.au to get in touch. That's two L's in Traveller. If you like that video, you'll probably like this one and you'll really love this one. And as always, we want to thank you for joining us. And if you want to like and subscribe, it really helps the channel grow. And it means that we can talk about more travel, get more tips and everything off grid. Cheers.